name Lisa? You're not hiding from anybody, are you? No, I'm not hiding. <laughs> we always want to make sure before we say people's names. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sandy likes me to say her name, so Sandy, we're missing you and Rod. I wish you were here. Yeah. Barbara, we don't know where you're at. Shame on you for not being here. <laughs> I know where she's at. So, And then Norma, we just I know you're watching, and we just believe that you're going to feel a lot better. Hey, George Watson, how are you doing? Good to see you, Mike. And we need one more, and then we'll start up, right? <laughs> I always say we have to have three. Jesus said we're two or three are gathered together, and I want there to be at least three. So, hey, Gina. Did y'all see my post about a church for sale on Facebook? Yes. <laughs> I had a lot of comments about that. Me and Steve was talking about that Friday night. I said, has any pastor ever just got fed up and tried to sell their church? <laughs> <laughs> they, we sold ours, but we should have sold it with the congregation. and, musicians and <laughs> But we didn't have a board to sell, so that probably wouldn't have worked very well. So. All right, well, good to have everybody here today and hope everybody's safe uh, from the winter weather, the tornadoes that we've had, and it's uh, really weird. They thought they were gonna come here, but they ended up, I guess, over in Mississippi and all that too, but in Oklahoma, we had every kind of forecast but earthquakes, didn't we? Yep, probably had one of those. <clears> it was those. funny. <laughs> Only in Oklahoma does that happen. So uh, no, we're continuing no. our study on no penal substitution. For those who are maybe new to this, we. We taught two volumes of it. Kay started teaching it first, and then I wrote the books for it, and then now I'm writing the third book for it, along with her. She'll edit it after I get done with each chapter. <clears throat> but it's a great series, and uh, I took a break from it for a while, wrote three books, taught three different lessons, and then uh, back to it again. I'm also excited. Kay's teaching. Kay's been teaching the mind-brain connection for a long time, all through the Old Testament, and all the pictures, and it's fabulous. I hadn't got to listen to all of it, but I listened to some of it. And now she's uh, started last week teaching the mind-brain connection in the book of Revelation. And so I just really got excited and Donna, somebody's at the door. I got real excited and decided to uh, write that, write a book out of that with, for her and with her. So <clears throat> last week I wrote the first chapter and it's really exciting. So if you get a chance, tune into that. It's a really good one. It's on our Facebook page. It's, hi Barbara. I'm convinced that Barbara always comes about two minutes late so I can say, hi, Barbara, <laughs> on the World Wide Web. I need to show your picture, don't I, so they'll know who Barbara is. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, that if you haven't listened to that, tune in to it. Uh, it's uh, 4.30 Eastern time, so it'll be 3.30 our time. So Don and I are going to watch it today. And I What my goal is, I shouldn't say my goal, I'm doing it. I'm going to write... Uh, uh, transcribe what she says and write that chapter every week to keep up with her. <clears throat> so there'll probably be several volumes of that book. You know, as we, <clears throat> as we study, uh, we, we want to always make sure that our conscious awareness is always open to hear people who teach truth. And, uh, you know, we, we point this out a lot. There's a lot of words that we say now that mainstream uh, strain Christianity or, or, you know, people over here in the West when they hear words like <clears throat> uh, the single eye, which is in the Bible, or the, the third eye, or conscious, or it's just kind of weird because they've never heard that all, ever in church very much at all. But there is a conscious awareness, and that's what we're consciously aware of all the time, right? It's a very simple word. And <clears throat> we want to make sure that when truth is taught, that we open up our conscious awareness to receive that and not be blocked off to it. 
uh, I have found, uh, particularly on Facebook and uh, ministry, and also with people, they will open up to you until you hit their sacred cow. Yeah. And once that happens, then they just, they just turn you off. And literally, I have posted some things on Facebook where people have followed me for a long, long time. But then I hit their sacred cow and boom, they're gone. You know, and what you do is you block yourself off. And like I always say, you should never say, I don't believe that. Just say, I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? And if you follow me very much, you know, I put, hi, Ginger Lemons. Good to see you here. Uh, if you know me, I, I, I offer my phone number to anybody. If you're not calling to argue with me. And if you want to hear the explanation, it's important to ask for the explanation because if it's a truth that was said and you block yourself out to it, then you miss the experience of that truth, yes. of embracing that truth. Yes. And so whatever we read, you know, books that reveal truth, we should always be open to that because whatever you open your conscious awareness to, as, as Sister Kay has told us, our, our conscious awareness is a projector. Literally, it, your awareness will project out what you believe, yes. right? Yes. And so you certainly want to believe the truth because the truth will make you free. You know, I remember my mama always telling me how she, she saw a devil. I mean, constantly saw a devil. And, and so that projected out of her and she was always fighting the devil, believing the devil and all that. And one day she, before she died, she told me it was a dream. You know, she really didn't actually see one. But if you open yourself up to the teachers that teach demons and devils and all that stuff over and over and over, it will project that out and you will see those things. And you can't tell people they didn't see them because they kind of become real to them. And so we want to be open to the truth. We want our conscious awareness to project out what we have learned and what we believe because we have everything, right? However, you can have everything and not experience everything. It's time to experience, right? And the problem is I was hearing somebody teaching on Facebook today and they were talking about how <clears throat> almost like we don't have it yet. It's ours, but we don't have, but we That's do awesome. have it. We just don't have a proper perspective of what we have. And I'm believing as I uh, listen to Kay and dig into what she's teaching and look at the words and write what the Lord gives me, I'm believing for more and more experience. Because I know I have it. Yes. It's mine. Yes. You know enough about me to know that if I have some money, I want to experience what it can do for me, right? I don't just stick it away for my kids to get someday or my great grandkids. They can have our houses, but they're not going to get our money. <laughs> so we must be open to the voice of our Holy Spirit within ourselves or our holy breath. You know, I still say spirit because most people, that's what they relate to is the Spirit of God. But when you look spirit up, it's actually pneuma, it's breath. Yes. And so we, we, we are holy breath. And uh, we want to open ourselves up to that. And we want to realize within ourselves. And, and then also we want to open ourselves up to anointed messengers today, comforter teachers. Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm, I feel sorry for people that don't think they need teachers. I actually don't believe them. Because I see their posts and I see them saying the same thing that other teachers are saying, the same stories. We all listen to somebody. I think it's very prideful to say, I just got this all by myself. There's only one person that said this was not revealed to me by any man, but what it was the Apostle Paul, but what he was saying, any anthropos man, any man who gets his information from sensory knowledge. Paul was taught, and, and, and Jesus taught him and revealed to him, the very spirit of Jesus revealed things to him, but 
everything comes from who? God, right? Through messengers, through, you can hear God. I will never say that you can't hear God all by yourself. I can discover something and say, look what I discovered, but it already was. Yes. <laughs> yes. My, my good friend John Cahill used to say all the time, I bet you never heard anybody teach this before. Well, somebody had. Yeah. Maybe not with a clarity, <laughs> not with a clarity, yes. but it was in your research already. So somebody, yeah. you know, when I go and say the Greek says this, I didn't, that wasn't my thing. I couldn't say nobody else has ever seen this before. <laughs> Now, maybe they saw it and didn't quite understand it, but it's all there, Thank you. right? I hope that makes sense to you. So we do need, we do need comforter teachers because Jesus said he would pray to the Father and he would send many, many more comforter teachers to explain and help us understand the things that he was here to teach. The people at that time couldn't understand him because they were totally bankrupt. Today, we're not totally bankrupt. We're hearing more and more. So we're continuing to plow through new ground and what we've said many times is unfamiliar territory. You know, and that's why it's so difficult for a lot of people because we kind of like what's familiar. And we know that's true because people go to the same church day in and day out, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every revival, they hear the same thing over and over and over. How many times have you been to a conference to hear a preacher and he said just what he said last year and the year before and the year before. And we sit there and we say amen and we get goosebumps because it's familiar. Well, I don't want to live in the familiar. I, I want to get to places. I want to go to places that, I mean, understanding and light years ahead that really bring us to the place that Father wants us to be. So <clears throat> this has led us to what we can presently see and understand. So this series... Uh, well, uh, uh, once I'm done with this third volume, it won't be the end of our understanding. And of course, you know that because Kay taught it several years ago. I taught it several years ago. Since then, I've been able to teach several different series that I thought I never would. Living in uh, the wisdom of the single eye. 20 years ago, I thought, I'm not teaching that stuff. You know, and Kay has just gone in tremendous teaching on, on the mind-brain connection. And it's, uh, it's very scientific. But it's, it's science reveals God. Yes. Right? Yes. Amen. So I, to me, it's a great honor to be able to keep doing this. So during the writings of this book uh, uh, and teaching this book, we, we, there's so much more to know so people can understand that there was God never had an, an, an intention of doing something because there was a requirement for penal substitution whatsoever. Uh, I have people ask me all the time, they wish I could come up with a different <laughs> name, but the, have you ever heard of the penal system? Mm -hmm. What is that? <laughs> that's, a that's a judge, right? right? And that's a court. And you go before people and they, 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 got, they have your life in their hands. Yes. Literally, they can ex have you be executed. They can, they can put you in prison for 100 years plus another 100 years with no parole. They can take all your money away from you. They can take your home. And so that's kind of, that's what that word means. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we got to be aware that uh, people need clarity in these things, and that's what we're after is clarity. So I mentioned on Facebook what we're going to talk about is several words. We're going to talk about sin, sins, forgiveness, remission, and I think another one, I forget what I put on there. But it's very interesting. Don and I was having a little discussion uh, yesterday about sin, or day before yesterday about sin. And Donna can tell you without a doubt that almost all of the time period of ministry, particularly when we had our Tree of Life Fellowship Church on over here on uh, 
Fourth Street, every time some kind of problem or situation came up in the church, my next lesson dealt with that. And, and Donna can tell you, it wasn't that I went and said, oh, I need to go study this problem and write it out, because I've written a lot of my stuff way in advance. And it just so happened that we get in that chapter, right, Donna? It's happened all the time. And so we were discussing that because people still have a struggle with thinking about sin. Mm -hmm. They're still have, they still have problems with guilt. They still have problems with shame. And yes, if I do something wrong, I shouldn't feel good about it. That doesn't fit my character. No. But we're talking about with God and us. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go and I uh, go to Anna Carl's house and I go out to the garage and they don't know it and I steal a bag of pecans, <laughs> I've sinned against them. <laughs> Not really, because they said I can have all I want. <laughs> but if, if, if there was something I wanted, let's just say if I go to Carl's uh, gold mine out there, he calls a barn, and I walk out there and I see <laughs> something and I say, I want that, and I just take it and put it in my car, then I have... I have committed a sin against Carl, right? Yes. And that would go into the category of sins, plural. And I'll explain that to you a little bit. But with God, I'm not condemned. But if I was in tune with my father, what should I feel? Conviction. Not condemnation. But with Carl, I would feel shame. And I love Carl so much that I'm not so seared in my conscience. I would feel shame. And I would either go put it back real quick, or I would go to Carl and say, Carl, I'm sorry. I took one of your 560 shovels that you have out <laughs> in your car. <laughs> I'm not picking on you, Carl. I'm just trying to get people to laugh. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so let us use forgiveness and remission first as examples. We often hear people praying and thanking Father that they are forgiven. Any of you ever done that? Right? And asking God to forgive us. Mm -hmm. And thanking God that he's forgave us. And then we were taught with penal substitution that Jesus forgave us all once and for all. But we were still taught that we need to ask to be forgiven again oh, over wow. and over and over. What a horrible relationship would that be? It, is. it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Because if I had to ask Donna, and I do ask her to forgive me often. Because I know sometimes I'm a hard person to live with. I, you know, I try to shut up, Barbara. <laughs> I, when, I, when I teach somebody something, I just expect them to learn it right then. And so one of our biggest struggles is the computer. You know, I just, I expect if I show Donna, go push this and push this and push this, that she should know it from now on. You know, so sometimes I have to say, I'm sorry. I was a little rash with you, you know. And probably if you ask her, I'd need to say I'm sorry every day. <laughs> but that's not a good relationship if you're always have to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I'm sorry, please forgive me over and over and over. That's, you know, it's just not a good thing. But that's what we did with our father, didn't yes. we? Yes. I mean, there are people probably ask God to forgive them every day. I'm sure Barbara had too. So, well, somebody, so some people believe that. They believe it. We when were taught that. When you go to that. bed, you always ask in case you died during and you and you ask God to forgive your children just in case they didn't forgive right you know and, and how many times you've told me I've gone I've told you I've gone to many deathbeds where people are terrified yes. at passing away yep. you know I, 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 I've already told everybody I get you got the message too and I hope people on Facebook have heard it particularly Monique already but Wanda passed away uh, yesterday and but I had Don and I have gone out there to see her. I've gone out several times. She's asked me to pray 
to ask the Lord to help her let go. But I can tell you, she went with peace. Yes. She, she didn't say, would you pray for me and make sure I forgot, didn't forget one sin or I'm not sure where I'm going. She, she had all kinds of confidence and it's not because of what Jesus did. It's because we found out what Jesus came to reveal and she put her faith in that. I've been to others and people were scared half to death. I've been to menace. I mean, people that were in our growing up church for years and went to church every Sunday, you know, tried to follow the rules and everything, but they grew up in a very, very sin conscious church before that. Therefore, their death was terrible. They were terrified. So what happens here is this leans to the mindset that we've done something wrong and we're thankful that we can receive constant forgiveness for our persistent sins that we always do because all people have sinned and come short of the glory of the Lord, right? That's what they say that all the time. And if, if the thought of being a sinner or doing sins is a stronghold in many people's lives. It yes, literally it is. is a devil. Yes, it is. The word devil in that instance is traduce or hinder. Mm-hmm. And if you have this strong sense of a sin conscious and you feel like you're always unworthy, then literally that is your devil. Mm-hmm. And it will drag you to hell, yeah. which is not living out of the cool of the day or living out of the breath of God. And so even though they measure, uh, they have some measures of truth, and even though people have sat under my ministry for many, many years, and Kay's ministry for many, many years, and other ministers that's preaching the truth of the gospel, there's that sin conscious that's still there because it's been taught us all of our life. Right? right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know if I go eat too much ice cream, I, I know God loves me and cares for me, but I still have this sin conscious. And so I'm thinking, well, because I eat so much ice cream, that's why my ministry is not big. That's why people aren't coming to my church. I'm just giving you examples. We all have those different things because we think there's some kind of punishment to that, right? And you're being held back. And that's not true. The word remission is is spelled A-P-H-E-S-I-S, Ephesus, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. (laughs) A-F-E-S-I-S is how you pronounce it. It's spelled A-P-H-E-S-I-S. But it means freedom and it means liberty. Freedom and liberty. So there's also a difference in the word sin and sins. Did you know that? The sin is that which we receive or willingly accept the truth that's not truth. That's what sin is. Now, I've said this to you before. Yeah. It's a sin to not know who you are. Right. I made this example before. If, if uh, Lisa is a multimillionaire and has the money, has access to it, she has a beautiful home and a beautiful car, and I go out and find her uh, living in a cardboard box and digging in trash cans for food, I would say that, that is, is a, a sin. sin. Right? Have you ever heard anybody say that? That's just a sin to see people that way. It's a sin to see people out on the streets. It's a sin to see people divorcing and, 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 and drug addictions and all the stuff that we do that's the fruit of not knowing who you are, right? And I'm not against divorce and all. I'm just using some examples. When I say that, it's just, when I hear somebody has died, it's a sin. It's a sin that Wanda had to die, Correct? Because she knew a truth, and we're the same way. We know truth, but there'll be it, we we want to get to the place where we're living out of that Amen. truth, yes. where Amen. the experience is. Yes. 
Okay? So as a man thinketh in his awareness, so is his realization. And most people quote that as the King James says, so is he, and that's not true. It's not who you are, but it's your realization. Every one of us has a realization of ourselves that's not necessarily true. Amen. It's true. All right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It could be I'm getting old. Ooh. We're in the ageless one, right? Yes. Would you read that again? Okay. Oh, that that scripture, as a man thinketh in his, thinketh, thinks, I'm not going to use a King uh, Elizabethan, as a man thinks in his awareness, so is his realization. So as a man thinks there, that realization, we believe the lie then. If we believe the lie, then that gets projected out of us, and then that becomes our realization. And the story of the Garden of Eden, which are physical pictures or metaphorical different things of what I call spiritual truths, the woman was deceived into believing the lie. What, what does the woman represent in us? It would be the womb, right? The consciousness, whatever comes, the seed that comes in the consciousness, if we water it and we feed it, and we do that all the time. I always call them having an affair with a, a, a thought or making a movie out of it, if you would. And it just goes on and on and on. And we're watering it, we're feeding it, and then it began, begins to grow. And then it projects out a physical, a, a false physical picture of that truth because she believed the lie. So not only did death, which death is a false belief of separation. That's what death is. See, I'm dead to a lot of things in this world. I'm dead to cocaine, right? I'm dead to, I, I, I don't have, I, literally I'm dead to that stuff and I have no really knowledge of that stuff and it doesn't affect my life whatsoever. So if we believe the lie of separation, then we make, we make ourselves our awareness to become dead to God. Mm-hmm. Not God dead to us, because God never leaves us, never forsakes us, never never turned us back. God never gave anyone up. Man gave God up. We, we've showed you scripture there about that. So not only that death, but they, they became in their awareness sin and death. And, uh, and so sin is not believing who you are, not living out of who you are. And so when you do that, then you're dead to Father, and you're literally become dead to the life inside of you to the point that you don't experience Zoe life. And that's when man, in the beginning, uh, believed a lie, listened to teachers of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil is. Trees are always teachers. And so in 930 years, they died. I, I always just say, and I know there's more of a story to that, but I always say it took that long for their belief to get rid of, uh, to, to quit living out of the life that God put in them. And now we've got it down to, 10, 5, birth, you know, 60. Now we think it's about 88. Oh, how long did she live? 88. Oh, what man? That's, she lived a long time. Yeah. No, because we should not be affected with time whatsoever. So Adam, man, forgot who or what their interior master was. Their interior master. What is our master? What, what, uh, Kay, Kay and, uh, uh, the brain uh, connection, the mind-brain connection, revelation. She was literally talking about how we are an electronical device, yes, like a like a TV or something. And there's circuitry in that TV, and there is in us too. And there's there's a source inside of us, and we forgot what that source was. It's Zoe. It's the breath of God. It's whole, and we forgot that, and we have become. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we have been so mindful of the outward man. We know very little about the inward man. Case teaching some things that you probably never even heard of. 
about your spine and about what goes on in the bottom of your spine. And I'm not going to get ahead, but it's fabulous. I wrote the first chapter. I'm just sitting there and saying, oh my God, this is so fabulous. You know, I've seen some of these things, but she's putting it together in a great way. And then I'm doing some research and finding more information to it. Most people, uh, <laughs> like Kay said, I'm not going to pronounce the word because I'd mess it up, but most religion, uh, religious minded people would say, what the heck is that? What are you talking about? Because we all we think about is this outward man. Mm -hmm. And we really don't even know what doctors know about the inside of the Bible, uh, the body. We just go to them and let them tell us, well, you got this system out of order, that system out of order. Here, take this pill. Mm -hmm. But there's a life inside of you that you don't yes. need pills. Yes. And you don't need psychiatrists. Only the gospel. And you don't need all these tricks to lose weight and all that, you know. And, and we're may, may not there yet, so I do need to lose weight. But I'm telling you, there is a way that seems right to man that leads to destruction. Yes. But there is a way and a truth that Jesus revealed that leads to life and life abundantly. And that means getting this body to function properly and allowing it to and releasing. And I'm not going to preach that message because you can listen to Kate. So we've not realized that we are masters. We're not just mere humans. Right? God gave us dominion over the earth. And when you look at the word dominion, it literally means masters. And so we've got to realize that there is a master inside of us that we're in union with. And that's the holy breath of God. And the system that keeps us alive. Mm -hmm. Jesus often spoke in parables. One was in Luke 640. He said the disciples are not above the master. However, everyone exists as master himself. That's my Tree of Life Bible translation. But it's, if you want to look it up later, you can see what it said in the King James. But it literally said the disciples are not above the master. However, everyone exists as master himself. So Jesus was the greatest master teacher there ever was. Yes. But he, did he not come to tell us that we're just like him? And we're one with God. We're just like, we, we say God is the master of the universe and everything, right? God Almighty is preeminent, but we, are, we exist as God. So the distinction of a master is his loving life force and his power. So had Adam stayed aware of their holy breath and their body united, see, my body is united with the holy breath of God and my holy. It's the same thing, holy breath. It's united as a conscious force. They would not have tasted death. But we still are so mindful of the outward man that we really don't even pay attention that we are the breath of God. And that breath resides in us, the holy breath. And what that holy breath will do, call it spirit or holy breath, whatever, it, it, it's, it, it is the master, yes. right? So what is ego? Ego is me, myself, and I. And Paul said it's no longer I, that's ego, me, myself, and I. Ego believes holy breath is something that passes in and out of the body. That's what we think it is. And people, if I stood up in a denominational church today or went to a doctor or whatever and said this air that I breathe and this breath that I breathe, it's holy. <laughs> it's the breath of God. There again, it's a little hard to comprehend, but it's easier to comprehend than spirit because you can't see spirit, but you can't see my breath, but you can feel it, you can experience. And like I taught you before, there's two definitions to breath and, and breathe. And uh, breath is is the it's what you blow out right and then there's breathe you can but see you can breathe in and you can breathe out right and you can take a breath so it's what i breathe in is the breath of god what i breathe out is the breath of god 
And so when you look at in the Bible, when it talks about breathe in, it's said for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So when I breathe in the breath of God, I'm breathing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. When I breathe out, I breathe upon the world around me. To me, that helps me understand what spirit is. It's the very breath of God. So if we see ourselves as separate from the divine life and separate from breath, then we become ego, not realizing that being the same as our life, our divine awareness should be nothing but health and wholeness. Nothing but health and wholeness. Instead of sin conscious, which sin conscious is a, is a consciousness of being separate from God. Sin conscious is seeing ourselves as less than. It's not, oh, I want to go get some ice cream, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. It's sin conscious is you're consciously conscious that you're separate from God. So holy breath and body is one. That's what we have to see ourselves. There is no separate. You know, like I say all the time, where is the Spirit of God? I used to joke and say it's in my liver because my liver makes me live. You know, but there, it, Jesus is not inside of us like we were taught. The life that was in Jesus is the same life that we have. Yes, yes. Jesus didn't put Zoe life or holy breath in us. We already had it. We never had to receive holy breath. We already had it. When we were born, we were born with holy breath, right? Yes. We were empowered with the very breath of God, the very life of God. So the symptoms were sin, and the Greek word for sin is hamateria, H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A, and it means, of course, missing the mark or mistaken identity, which is not projecting out of the awareness of our Christ mind or our holy breath. Or our true mind. We call it the mind of Christ. You know, we have a brain. Some people still says our mind, but I say we have a brain and our brain has the wrong information in it. And my brain needs to get in union with the holy breath of God. Yes. My brain needs, when the holy breath of God and the, the, the brain gets together, then it will be the Christ mind fully. Amen. And there will be no more division, no more separation minded, if you would. So another word for sin is H-A-M-A-R-T-A-N-O, harmatano, I believe. I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. But which are sins plural of the flesh, such as murder, stealing, lying, cheating, you know, whatever that. So what that is, that's the fruit of sin. See, if Carl... I think you have an apple tree, don't you? Or a peach tree. <clears throat> if Carl goes out there and looks at that peach tree this spring, <coughs> and the peach has all kinds of black spots on it and all kinds of stuff. Well, the, the sin isn't in that. The sin is there's something that that tree is not releasing to produce good fruit. Yes. So I'm not going to go there and beat up that fruit and, and try to deal with that fruit, right? Which we've always done. We've always brought the fruit to church and said, mm -hmm. do something. We always brought that to God and said, do something. Remember when the children of Israel went through the wilderness, God had to put a shovel on the end of their spear. Yes. You remember what that was for? Yes. Yeah, it was to cover their poop. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine three million or whatever it was if they didn't cover it up? Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't want to see this when I come in the midst of you. And that, to me, that's a picture. I don't want to see your sins. Yes. Your sins... Aren't the problem. The problem is you don't know who you are. Mm 
But we've been taught all of our life to bring the sins to church. And so we go to these, we go, they got all these kinds, of, and I'm not mocking them, and I know people have got a lot of help, but it's not permanent. We have alcoholic anonymous. Now the church has something else, I forget what it calls, where you come and you can fit recovery. They have that. There's no permanence there if you don't know who you are. That's right. That's and you right. might make it through, but you've got other problems. Yes. Because right. until you know who you are, you're just going to gravitate to something else. That's right. That's so, you right. know, when I quit cocaine and marijuana and all that stuff, I went to ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but you'll always go to something else right. until you know who you are. That's right. That's right. When you know who you are, mm -hmm. then you... Your peace, whatever you're getting from that stuff, comes from within. Yes. I got my Holy Father. Ghost goosebumps. <laughs> so get this in your head. That's the fruit of sin, which is not knowing who you are, a mistaken identity. Yes. So we do much better in life when we live out of the fruit of our holy breath. Yes. And that experience, and and what happens is we breathe out peace and we breathe out yes. love yes. and we breathe out joy and we breathe out kindness and we breathe out self-control. Am I leaving anything else out? <laughs> we, we breathe out patience, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Roy. <laughs> what is that? That's the fruit of holy breath. Yes. Wow. See, most people think the fruit of the Spirit is all of that. It's not. It's the fruit of holy breath is peace. Those are the attributes. Yes. Those are the characteristics of a person that lives out of their holy breath. It, if you're not living that way, it doesn't mean you're not the holy breath of God, and it doesn't mean you don't have it. You're just not mindful of those things. You're mindful of the outward person. You're mindful of how you feel. And so, like Donna, if Donna doesn't do something that I think she should know how to do, I'm, I'm being mindful of how it makes me feel. It, you, it makes me frustrated. That's one of the worst things I tell her something. You frustrate me, <laughs> you know, when it you comes to the computer. You poor baby. But I know, I know, I'm, I'm beating myself up right now. <laughs> I'm not beating myself up. I just always use me as the example. But if I'm, if I'm mindful of holy breath, then those things won't frustrate me. Yes. Those things won't make yes. me mad. Those That's things right. won't make, make, want me to go to something else for peace. As Dr. Phil always says, if you're, if you're doing something, you're getting something out of it. Mm. Right, Dr. Phil, that psychologist? Mm -hmm. He said, if you just keep doing it, it's because you're getting something out of it. And he needs to add, you can get whatever you're getting out of it if you'll learn to go within. Yeah. And you won't have to do those kind of things. And when I was studying this, it, it reminded me, that's in Galatians 5.22, the, the fruit of your holy breath. And uh, Romans 8.6 talks about... Uh, if your inclination, this is my translation, if your inclination is to be calmly minded is death, right to be spiritual minded is life, I, I wrote down, if your inclination is after the external, you will live as dead. Mm. That's right. Wow. You will live with many sins. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you will self-condemn yourself. Wow. If it's external. If that's all you're aware of, how you feel, how they make you feel, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But if your inclination is after your holy breath, your experience will be life, which is zoe, and one, peace, quietness, rest, set at one again. Mercy. That was so good. Kind of goes right that? along with the fruit of the holy breath, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Now, we are one, but we need to be set as one. Yes. <laughs> Paul said it's high time to awaken. That's right. When I awake, I set up. I've been laying down. I've been acting. 
You know, I've, I've lived as non-existence, the scripture says. There's all kinds of things that talks about it. But that's not who we are. We just live as that way. Mm-hmm. So if I'm living as poor, it doesn't mean I'm poor. Yeah. Correct? True. So sin, mistaken identity, and the untruths it projects out is the death that they received. And that death passed on to all men, right? But as Kay said, they didn't have to receive it. And how did it pass on to us? We heard when we were sinners and we needed to get saved, so we received that. And then when we come to church to get saved, it still wasn't enough. We needed to, some churches, you needed to get baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence and talking in a foreign language, but that wasn't the foreign language. The foreign language is the message of love, right? And then we were given all kinds of rules. And all, if you're in some churches, they would look at you and Lisa, they would say, you know, you just got saved, but you need to let your hair grow back out. You need to take those stupid ear bulbs off. You need to wash your face of all that makeup. You know, the whole list goes on and on and on. I'm not making fun of them because we've all been there. We've all had these rules that would prove that you're saved. Even to the point that if a person was sick, they must have sin in their lives. I've heard all that. So we all have experienced that false death because we considered and believed the great lie that we were separate from God and that we needed to do something. So humankind began to live life out of an Adamic sense of life because as man thinks again in his awareness, so is his realization. And when you said under preachers, teachers, trees of the knowledge of good and evil, and you hear it over and over and over, you will relate to that and that's what will project out of you. And you can't help it. Why is it that I do that I do? Paul said there was sin in my members. Did he not? When I would do good, I would do evil, which is restless things. And he said it's because there's sin. Well, what was that sin? That was not knowing who he was. That was that sin consciousness that came from the Mosaic Law. And that's why he said, Father, please remove that from me. And Father spoke to him and said, My grace or my holy breath is sufficient for you. Lean, go within to your holy breath. Quit going within to your what's in your brain. Allow your brain to be renewed by the renewing mind, which is your holy breath or the mind of God. Very it's very simple. Change what you're listening to. Amen. It's that simple. So then we have uh, out of that disease came the symptoms of the mistaken identity, which is that harmatia. And out of harmateno uh, is the sins of the flesh. Harmateno also includes offense, of which we have talked about many times. And that was when people tried to sacrifice to God, tried to tithe to God, and God said, it, not you, it, what you're doing is an offense. Yeah. He never said you're an offense, no, but he no. said it's an offense to me that you think that you have to give me dead animals. You think you have to give me blood. You think you have to give money to me to please me. You don't have to give money to God to please. If you need to please somebody, send it to me. I'm pleasing you. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> really, if you think you've got to please somebody, I, I can give you a list. Kay Fairchild, you know, Butch Hodge. There's a lot of people that will be more than happy to let you please them. <laughs> now I lost some people on Facebook. <laughs> So an offense is a sin of trying to please Father, period. Not, not you, but the action. The action of trying to please Father. So if we see the difference in forgiveness and remission, and if we know the difference in sin, our sins, 
then that will significantly help us when we interpret the scripture. When we look at the scripture and we read it with our religious mindset, but we realize what real sin is, then we'll say, well, that's wrong. That's translated wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I could give you a bunch of lists, but I'm not going to go down them because it takes too long. But in Matthew 26, 28, in the King James Version, it says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Sins, plural. Okay? Why did Jesus die? Because the Jews wanted him murdered. The Jews of that day. Not the Jews of today, but the Jewish system. Not even the people then, but the Jewish rulers wanted him murdered because he was rocking their boat. Same thing with the Romans. Anybody that rocked their boat, they would kill them. And they said, we have a law. He must die. He declares himself to be son of God. And they didn't want anybody coming in and taking over their system. So they killed him. Correct? Yeah. Yes. And so he shed blood for remission. For remission. And what did I say remission meant? Do you remember? Ephesius. Well, you don't have to say the word, baby. Freedom or liberty. Freedom or liberty. So he came to set man free. Hallelujah. From what? Not my sin. Although he did, he came, he did, excuse me, he did come to set us free from our sin because that was a mistaken identity. But the sins that he came to set us free was not that we were lying, cheating, and cussing and all that. It was the, 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 the fruit of the Mosaic law. Me having to sacrifice all the time, bring my tithe all the time, buy pigeons and buy animals and give all my money for the perfect one, right? Mm -hmm. So he came to set us free from the Mosaic law. And when we hear the truth of the matter... Then we're made free, which means we experience that freedom. Correct? I used that example several years ago that, uh, and I've told it to you, but there's new people on here. But if I own a bird and it's in a cage and I've had that bird for 25 years, right? I'll use my dog. Uh, I've got a dog named Emma. She's been in this house for 15 or 16 years. And this is where she's at. Well, no, that won't work with Emma. Well, she'll escape real quick. Back to the bird. And so that bird's, that bird's been in the cage for all of its life. And see that cage as religion. And I decide I'm going to make it free. And so I open it up. Set it free. I'm going to set it free. I open the cage and say, you're free. Well, that bird just goes, hmm. And just sits there. Because it doesn't know this world out there. It may have looked at it and longed for it, but its brain says, this is where I'm supposed to be, and it stays there. So I decide I'm going to make it free. So I go and I reach in and gently pull it out, shut the door, hold it, and it flies away. And that's what the truth does. It gently, it doesn't just slam you in the face. It gently, from glory to glory, from explanation to explanation, whatever, makes you free where you can soar in the heavenlies. You can soar in the cool of the day. You can soar as the breath of God. And so that's what we're doing here. And so when Hebrews 9.22 is taught, invariably the teacher or those who read verse 22 also add the word of sin. Of sin. See, it says, and I'm, I, excuse me, I didn't read the scripture. I jumped ahead of myself. <clears throat> jumped ahead of myself. So there, there are these words, remission of sins, and we see the word sin, 
is always plural and it's always a symptom. And then Hebrews 9.22, it says, and almost all things are, now here's the key thing you got to read. Almost all things are by the law, right? We didn't read that. By the law, purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. That's what the law says, Yeah. correct? So people teach it that way. And then they add the word of sin to the end of the verse. And they never point out that phrase by the law, not by father. Well, you know what? I go by what my father says, Amen. right? Yes. Father is my judge. And when did he judge me from the foundation before the before time even began? His judgment was that he made man in resemblance of him, and he made man man male and female to reproduce him, right? And he also decreed and declared and decided from the very foundation of the world that we were to rule and reign over this earth, that we were in his image, and that we are the masters of this earth. And he declared us right wise right then. I've spent most of my life trying to become right wise with God. Yeah. Haven't you? Yep. And it's sad. And that is the sin that produced the sins. Right. Because what does currently mindful do? It produces death. Yes, it does. In every area of your life. So the reason is because of the thought that Father needed blood to forgive us of sins, and that's penal substitution. Anybody ever ask you, what is penal substitution? Just say it's the thought that God needed blood. To be able to appease him because we were terrible people. We were always for hyphen given. Always. We never needed forgiven. You don't, and it really bothers people today. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to be forgiven of anything. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, one another, it wouldn't hurt for us to say, would you please forgive me? I'm sorry, Carl, that I took your shovel. I should have asked you first because I know you would have given it to me anyways. Right? He needs right. to get rid of some of them anyway, so if anybody needs a shovel, call Carl at BR5555. <laughs> so Father's life, through Father placing his holy breath in man, that's what he, that's, to me, the word grace means that. When, when, when God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient, he, he, it's his holy breath. He graces with his holy breath. And so he did that before the time began, and it never left us, and it never changes. It's never less powerful. Nobody is more powerful than anybody else. Have you ever heard anybody talk about, boy, that person's mighty in spirit? Not any more mightier than you, but they may be more used to aware of it and using that, or letting it use them, excuse me. We don't use God, but the very life uses us and functions through us. So our Father Creator is never capable of, of offense where we are concerned. You ever worried about Ichabod being written over your door? You know, the glory of God has departed. That can't happen. Mm -mm. So we were taught that the Old Testament offerings were an offense to Father. But the key is, it was the offering that was the offense, not the offerer. Correct? So... There's never a need for forgiveness from father toward man. The only reason the word forgiveness is in the scripture is that man needed to know where forgiven came from the foundation of the world. And the way I think of a forgiven is he forgave me everything that I ever need for life in abundance. He forgave me love from the beginning. He for, he already, already gave it to me. Before. You asked me for something, Lisa, that I gave you 
10 years ago and I say, I forgave that to you 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Where's it at? Before you know, where's it at? Oh, it's probably in my bottom drawer and I, I forgot that you gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't forget that he gave it to us. We never knew that he gave it to us. I'm talking about us. Yeah, that's right. So our English language fails us in understanding our father. There never was a need for forgiveness in the mind of father. Father has never been offended by man ever, 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 nor would he ever be. You know, I love my children so much and I love my grandchildren. I've never been offended I've been sad for them. I've been upset for wrong decisions, but they have never offended me. I would never turn my back on my family, my friends, nobody. I wouldn't. And people tell me all the time, I'm not bragging on myself, but I've had a lot of preachers turn against me. And people are always saying, I can't believe you still call them friend. I can't believe you still want to go to the conference and all that. I love them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do that can separate me from your love, mm-hmm. ever. And we all should be that way. So there's a scripture that states, I remember their sins no more. And people think, well, what about that? <laughs> well, the word remember is zakar, Z-A-K-A-R. And it means I will not, because of their sins, bring forth any retributive judgment. Because they're lying and cheating and cussing or eating ice cream or whatever, I, I'm not going to bring any retributive judgment to them. That's what Father said, because it means nothing to me. It's not, it's not separating them from my love. Why would I do that? So in Jeremiah 31, 34, it's not saying that somehow at one time Father was aware of sins and he, then he forgot them. He was just saying, I'm aware of what everyone does. God knows everything, but I'm not bringing any retributive judgment for them. I'm just gently making them free by offering the truth to them. Some people will never hear it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But guess what? When their body ceases to be able to hold them, where are they going to be? They're going to find out that God is nothing but love. Right. They're going to find out that they're still eternally one with Father and nothing can separate them. And they're going to find out that they've been lied to. There's no such thing as a physical hell with burning fire and demons and devils. That's what people are afraid of. Yeah. I'm telling you, I love the people that was with TBN, but TBN and these, quote, Christian Shows that's been on for some of these people are getting really old. I would think they would retire now, but somebody's supporting them and they're teaching the lie. I guarantee you, when, when the missiles went off the other day, Armageddon's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, it all got started preaching again. And I've seen it on Facebook the end of the world's coming because this no, the world's going to be here forever Amen. <laughs> because the world is not tied to to time like we think about. We want to say how old it is. It's always been here. So we can say that the remission of sin is not the remission of sins, but it's the freedom from the symptoms. That's what I'm desirous of, is the freedoms of the symptoms of not knowing who I am. But I don't need you to come deal with the symptoms. I need to deal with what I believe about myself. And if I believe I'm 69 years old, so I'm old and I'm supposed to have arthritis and this is just normal, then that's what I am going to project out in my life and on other people. So my belief system is going to change. Well, you say, well, pastor, you've been teaching this all your life. It should be there. Well, there's, there's, there's just a real strong home that we were, I haven't been teaching it all my life. 
and then start till 1996, and then I was teaching penal substitution. Yeah. It wasn't until probably about 2005 when the Lord said, you can stop transcribing, I'm going to teach it, that I began to see all these things, that there was no such thing as a devil. There's no such thing as a place right. called hell. There's no such thing as an angry God or any. I began to see all that. Didn't have the full revelation yet, but began to see it. You know, so all those years before that, I was grounded in penal substitution. I was grounded in a God that loved me, but a God that could be very angry. And then we saw it with our parents. I knew my dad loved me because he said, son, I'm going to wear your butt out and it's going to hurt me more than it does you. That was a lie. <laughs> so we, that even projected in our parents where they treated us like a false father or a false mother, right? So it's, it's been grounded and it's pretty hard. So what Jeremiah was telling people is that father was not going to punish them every time they produced a terrible fruit. That'll take away fear right there, wouldn't it? That would allow you to listen to your loving God and to be able to say, you know, the other day, one of my grandkids did something, acted up pretty bad, and I went to get him from school, and I was going to spank him. You know, I was just thinking, this kid needs a spanking. But when I went in there, I just, I just knew that I wasn't going to spank him. But I said, let's go out on the playground. And we sat down, and I had a heart-to-heart talk with him. And I just told him, your papa loves you, and your mama loves you, and your nana loves you. And we don't, you know, and I just went through this long story with him and explained some things to him in love. And I said, I'm going to take you home because the teacher said you have to go home. But it's not going to be fun. We're not going to play games. We're not going to play parties. You're just going to sit there. You're going to lay down for a couple hours, and then you're going to sit, and I'll let you watch a little TV. But we're not doing all the stuff that you usually do when you come home because this is not a reward. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? That helped him. Yeah. If I would have spanked his butt, yes. you know, I wouldn't have spanked him hard. I probably wouldn't even have hurt him. But that's not the answer. And I'm not against spanking. Some children need some spanking sometimes. But a, a loving papa and a loving Amen. mama and, yes. and nana and grandma and grandpa talking with love will help make their, their, your kids free. Goodness of God. And then we have to remove everything that's causing those things that cause them, cause their sins, if you would. And we can do that. So we know the judgment of the world, the law put Jesus on the cross. He liberated, he liberated us into the newness of life that was always ours. He did not make us new. You know, we always hear how he talked to his mom and said, I make all things new. Mm-hmm. No, he was talking about, I'm making an awareness to you that you were always new. You were forever new. Uh, by liberating man in the newness of life, they always had, he got rid of the disease that he could free us from the symptoms and the disease was not knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. So by using the word remission in first, there's no evidence of the disease. He drives the disease away. So what is he doing today? What is father doing? What is holy breath doing today? He's driving this false idea of that we are man is separate from God. He's yes. draw, he's driving the idea that uh, the, the false perceptions that we have of God He's driving the wrong information away from us, and we've got to allow that to happen. As Brother Garner said in the book of Revelation, it talks about beheadings. That's a good thing. We need to lay our head on the chopping block of the Word of God, the truthful Word of God, though, and allow the breath of God to chop that stuff away. 
And Kay, I was talking to Kay yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, but she was talking about how she began to teach these these teachings and people are writing her how they're, it's changing their life, mm -hmm. their experiences, their relationship with Father. They're putting their ch head on the chopping yes. block as Kay teaches and we're chopping away everything that's yes. not of God. Yes. yes. What does a thief take when they come to your house? No, it's not his. That's right. They're not just taking TVs. They're taking things that doesn't belong to them. And so when scripture said that Jesus comes as a thief in the night, it's talking about the word yes. that he released and the word that we're, we're taking away that which is not of who we are, not God's. Mm -hmm. See, we are God's. Yes. We belong to God. We are in God's image, but there's things in our temple that don't belong there. And so when, when messenger, uh, comforter messengers come and teach truth, we're taking away that which is not his yes. and that which is not yours. You have taken in some stuff that into you that doesn't belong to you. They're nothing but lies. You took in the idea of old age. You took in the idea of arthritis. I mean, you go to a doctor today, and I don't know if it was you, Carl, or somebody, but would tell them about some problems, and they said, well, you're getting old. What do you expect? It was kind of like that. So a doctor told somebody that. Should have slapped them. But you know what we do? We say, oh, yeah, you're right. I know. I'm 69. I shouldn't have the joints of a 40-year-old or, you know, I shouldn't be able to function like a young man. Well, that's a lie. I should. You know, I used to say all the time, I get so tired of these uh, low-T commercials. I just want to tell them to shut up. I, and so at one time I said, I don't, I don't have to act like a 20-year-old anymore. Well, I'd like to. <laughs> you know, but I was justifying I was justifying why I, I don't feel like running or climbing up a mountain or going out and playing games anymore. But you know what? I do want to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I believe the truth will renew my strength. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes I believe yes. when we hear what Kay's teaching and, and, and when, we get, when I get the book done and write it, I believe you're going to see some principles where we can literally allow there's a life in here that can flow up our spine yes. and it goes in to the pineal gland and it, and it causes yes. it to glow. And what happens when things glow? There's life there. Yes. There is a way of releasing with inside of us. That to me is called cooperation. Yes. It's already there. I just need to cooperate and understand. So being a new man or being a new creature in Christ means we have the freedom to live in our original newness of life. Our original. Amen? This that we see is not our original. That we see physically. you know. But what we want to do is we want to see the end from the beginning and begin to see ourselves as whole and beautiful. And our strength. And I'm not saying we shouldn't go to natural ways of doing things. I believe there's some things that Father God put in the earth Amen. that we need to be eating. Yes. And we need to be eating food that's clean food. Yes. And we can do it. But it's just, we, we've got such a habit that we want the other stuff. We, we've convinced ourselves that it tastes good. And then we go eat the good food. It's like, I don't want broccoli. <laughs> I don't want cauliflower. My grandkids are a great example of that, my grandsons. <laughs> so the scripture says Jesus came to save that which was lost. And religion says all of you guys are lost. Jesus came to save you, so you need to get born again. But what was lost is our, our awareness. Yes. Yes. 
who we thought we were. So now we can boldly live, move, and have our being in union with the Father. And we can start that today. We can start it today. We can pay attention to our thoughts, not be mindful of that which is on and without, but be mindful of within. We've said this over and over, over. We need to go within. How do you do that? Well, meditation, conversation, which is the meaning for prayer. Talk to our Father. Say, Father, I, I, I don't quite, maybe don't quite understand everything the pastors are teaching us, but I know it's real. It, it, it connects with inside of me, Father. As I meditate and as I sleep, speak to me. I, I yield my thoughts to you. I turn my ear to you, Father. I choose to see with my, my uh, we call it spiritual eyes or, or our, our, our third eye or our single eye. I, I choose today as I read scripture, I know you're going to allow me to see through the intention yes. Yes. of the writers and the translators and see the truth of the matter. And the key is, you know, Brother Garner used to talk about there's a key above the door yes. at each chapter. Well, the key to the Bible is the eternal love of God. Amen. That's the key to understanding the Bible. So we allow wisdom to drive those actions away from us. Remember how David wrote to his son Solomon and said to embrace her? That was wisdom. And we have wisdom. We have wisdom inside of us. And realize there's nothing to pardon. I don't need any pardon from my father whatsoever. All right, I'm about to close here. So now, knowing all this, that the only sin there is, is not knowing who I am. And these sins are the fruit of that, but I don't have to deal with the fruit. I need to deal with the trunk. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the tree, right? You know, Carl and I, and we love pecans. And there's pecan trees all over the state of Oklahoma. But yes. for some reason, some years, the pecans come out and inside of them, they're kind of black. Uh, Anna Carl gave me a bag a few weeks ago or a month ago. It was, they were really bitter. But it wasn't the pecan. It was something that was going on in the tree and the soil. Right? You can talk to people and you can say, well, I'm growing... Um, I am growing tomatoes, but all I see is green leaves. There's no flowers coming on. You know, it's, it's, something's wrong with my tomatoes. Well, no. There's, first of all, you don't have any tomatoes yet. There's nothing wrong with the tomatoes. It's the soil that the tomato plants in. You don't have to go cut that plant down. Change the soil. Fertilize the soil. And also, do you have any bees? Because sometimes people get flowers and nothing happens. They're not getting pollinated. Well, see, in my opinion, we are the very flower of God. We're the beauty of God, but we need some bees sometimes. And I say that's comforter teachers that could come along and pollinate us and help us produce good fruit, not bad fruit. I bet you never heard anybody say that before, did you? So, so Jesus has shed blood, freed us from the disease again that released in us by following the law of doing to be. That's where the disease came from. It didn't come from your mom and daddy. Sin was passed down, but it didn't have to be accepted. Sin, not knowing who we are, right? Romans six fourteen, for sin shall. This is King James version. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. That's in the King James right there. Yes. We're not under the law, we're under the holy breath of God. 
What's the law? Duality, good and evil, or right or wrong? You're not under that. You don't have to live with that mindset. But guess what you also don't have to do? Fight for the right to keep doing it. Yeah, you can do what you want. And God is not offended with you. God still loves you, but there are consequences to yes, that. There are. I'm not learning this so I can go out and just do whatever I want and be whatever I want and decide this is okay. It is if you just want to know that your God loves you and be with God when you die. But it's not about being with God when you die. It's, it's you are with Lord now. You are 100% with Lord now. Amen. And you don't have to conform to this world anymore. You, we all can change by changing our belief system. Our belief system will produce the fruit of God. Not what I call good or evil. Right? It's just the fruit of God. And then being under grace is in Christed, Holy Spirited, our breath of God. And this is what my translation is. For the Mosaic Law, and all it required to produce, no longer exercises lordship over you. It's not your master. See? We've got to learn out who our real master is. Yes. So it does not exercise lordship over you. You are no longer in an inferior position with the endless sin consciousness it produced. No, much more no. Now, now you are aware of the eternal law of the spirit of life in you, which you possess and experience. You live as the image and plural of our creator father with full joy and liberty, and you are prosperous in all knowledge and understanding. So again, Jesus' blood did not make us new. We were already new. It revealed this newness of life that we have already. So again, uh, the symptoms are sins sins, the, the things that we do because we don't know who we are. This involves any act of not expressing your true self. It includes anything of trying to appease God, right? Or appease the church, whatever. And any given situation that comes from living with a mistaken identity, that's the sin, that's the fruit. So we can even go so far to say that when we pray and ask Father to free us for something, of something as an anti-Christ or anti-Holy Spirit our life, right? We, it needs to change our conversations with God. If Donna is constantly coming to me and saying, honey, can I go to the bedroom or can I get in the refrigerator or, you know, do this or whatever, that, that's a sin because she doesn't know this is her house. So I'm just going to gently try to tell them, baby, this is your house. You can have anything you want in here. You can do what you want, except for stay out of my office. <laughs> so we ask like the Apostle Paul did, to be freed from his tendency to lean to the knowledge of the law, we need to hear a voice of our Holy Spirit from within saying, my breath in you is sufficient. Yes. Just lean, which means ascertain and seek and desire to know to your holy breath. Listen to the breath of God in you. And when you listen to the breath of God, you breathe that out. Amen? In every part of your being. Excellent. And you can practice meditation. You can practice, you can just, if, if you just want to do the breathing, I believe in, I've talked about breathing exercises. It's good for you. Deep breaths. And, but you can set, you can listen to the Father and then just by faith, breathe it out. And how do you do it? You speak it over. Because when you speak, what are you doing? You're breathing air out of it, right? 
And so you can, what you hear, you speak it over and you say, be it unto me. Whatever you do, I'm not going to give you any things. I don't say I'm the expert in it, but I'm literally doing that. I'm practicing it right now. And I'm just speaking over my being. Amen. I'm speaking. And as I learn more and more of what Kay's teaching, I'm going to speak to these parts of my body, these electrical circuits. And I'm going to, you know, you know what you have to do? Release them. Remove what's hindering them. Correct? Carl, the other day, a month or two ago, the lights went out in his barn. And what he needed to do was remove what was hindering that flow going to his barn. And it was some, did some of the gophers do that? Or did the, the connection just kind of rotted, didn't it? Got, yeah, yeah the, the connection, water got in there and it began to get that white stuff that forms on it. And it broke the connection and he needed to come and fix it. So we've had some thoughts up here that have kind of broken our connection. It's still there, but it needs to flow. Doctors have other answers. They have surgery, they have pills, yes. they have psychiatrists, psychologists, you name it. I, I, and I'm, I'm speaking to my thigh, and I want y'all to agree with me, because from my hip to my knee, it's just, there's electrical shocks going through it, it's numb, and it's getting a little weaker. And so I'm speaking that whatever is hindering that, and I'm doing some stretching, and Don and I are gonna join silver sneakers together, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna do, do some yoga, and I'm gonna do some yes. meditation, and I'm believing that Thank to be removed. Lord. Because you know what the doctor's answer is? Is cut my back open, Ugh. or actually cut me open here, put an electrical device in here, mm. put cords into my spine, and block the pain. But what good does it do to block the pain if the problem's still there? That's right. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. I could still lose whatever this is doing in here, still have weakness. And so what good is if I kind of deal with your lying, cheating, cussing, whatever, <laughs> and give you some kind of thing. That, but, but, but the problem's still there. You don't yes, know who you are. You are. Right? Mm -hmm. So the answer is just to keep feeding on who we are, feed on our union with our Father and, our, and one another, and allow the fruit of the breath of God to flow out of us. And if it's not that fruit, don't say it. Amen. Don't speak it. The Lord, help us all do that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Father. Thank you. God bless you. We love you very much. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Someplace it's night. <laughs> Have a good day.